So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between, like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So, Toyota is electrified diversified? Yup, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly. How much coffee have you had this morning? Oh, oh. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. We are back in the saddle again after while. my refreshing vacation How trip. Was it? it was beautiful. I love it. Back in this ice box that we call a studio now. I told you yesterday when I saw you, you got a tan going on. Thank you. Does it look good? I I am still as pale as ever. I still look like it's been they get February for Pittsburgh. basically you can get seven out months. There, do a little tanning, I lay in your so. front yard. But it's good to be back, and it's good to be back at this time of year because we are just a week away from the Steelers moving into St. Vincent's. Next Tuesday, the 26th, is the move-in day. First practice for training camp 2022 starts on Wednesday, the 27th. So a lot to get into, a lot to talk about as those storylines are now ramping up. And we're going to take a look at the offensive and the defensive side of the ball over the next couple episodes and just kind of give a quick overview about some of those storylines that we're looking forward to. But before we do that, uh, the big news that we missed while I was gone it's no longer Heinz Field, Acroshore Stadium. A lot of people are making way too much of a big deal about this, don't you think? Yeah, I can understand why. Because You can feel sad, but I don't think we need to be passing petitions around to make sure that the name doesn't change. I mean, it seemed like there was a funeral service yesterday, right? <laughs> when the they took down, down. The bottles was weird because I thought that I had heard that Heinz yeah, wanted I heard to that still too. keep the bottles and have some kind of partnership Maybe it was the Heinz Red Zone. Smaller keep, partnership, right? Yeah. Which is fine, and I don't think anyone would have a problem with it. I mean, I think that was the biggest issue was that people wanted the ketchup bottles to be there and have the little animation go down the big screen whenever they got into the into the red zone. I, that was a little shocking to me. I don't know if they'll have time before the season starts to lock in a deal. Maybe the ketchup bottles will go back up. I'm sure if that happens, Tom, people will be ecstatic over the moon celebrating who cares though honestly Uh, just win football games is for real i mean it's (laughs) like it's like the pittsburgh steelers lost their namesake and now they're going to be called something completely different with the pittsburgh commanders the pittsburgh guardians it's totally a a non-starter for me and anybody who is out there passing around the petition or saying oh this is unbelievable betrayal from the pittsburgh steelers to do this to us if you went up to them point blank with a magic lamp that you could rub and give them a wish and say, okay, here's you your rather wish, win- but here's the catch. Would you rather win a Super, <laughs> yeah, Super Bowl or would you rather it be called Heinz Field? I guarantee you 100 out of 100 times they're going to say, yeah, give me the Lombardi trophy. My only counter argument to that, Tom, is when you and I were young and the Steelers were about to win Super Bowl Forty, and you remember people were saying, oh, is Cowher going to hang him up after the Super Bowl, if they win it, go out on a high like that, how so many players and coaches love to do. 
and me being in fifth grade, right? I'm I'm nine or ten years old at the time. My logic was, shoot, I love this guy, Coach Cower, even though I'm so young. He's like the heart and soul of this team. Maybe we lose the Super Bowl. Well, that's just you being a dumb kid. <laughs> to keep Cower for a couple of years. No. It ended up being the Steelers won the Super Bowl, and then he stayed along one for more one year. more year. But there there are people with twisted logic. So I'm not saying apparently, it's out of, apparently you were one of them. I was just a nine year old kid, you know. As, I'm not saying that. 20, nearly 20 years later, it was I was a nine year old. That is just some nine year old's form of logic. But getting back to it, priorities. Setting priorities. There are two Steelers, one current and one former, who have been pretty vocal uh, about their opinion. Yeah, that's true. Ben Roethlisberger tweeted out saying some, something along the lines of, "It's a complete shame." I, I I don't know how anyone can play in that stadium without calling it Heinz Field. He should be happy because now he got to not only have his swan song, he got to play in the last game ever at Heinz Field. Right. He can say he, he played his entire home career yeah, right. in Heinz Field. How people made the joke where— I'm taking the name with me. <laughs> before Baker Mayfield came along, Ben Roethlisberger had the most wins in, what is it, first energy field <laughs> yeah, the in Cleveland. Yeah. And then Baker ended up winning a couple more games there. But— Ben, I, I guess now can say he really is the the landlord of Heinz Field. <laughs> but you get to the guy who's still on the team in Cam Hayward, and he's not only said it once, he's had to say it multiple times to impress it upon as many people as he can, saying, this does not matter. I think he said it again yesterday when the, the video of the bottles coming down. He said, who cares? Yeah, I, I just want to go out there and win football games. That's exactly the mindset at, every athlete should have. At the end of the day. And, and I think do have. At the end of the day, I'm glad Ben said what he said and Cam said what he said, rather than vice versa, right? Cam being the current player and saying, oh, it's going to be so hard to be out there without the ketchup bottles. Or, <laughs> and if it was it Ben. so ridiculous when you say right? that. <laughs> or if it was Ben who's re- now retired saying, these guys need to get their priorities straight. They don't really understand it. <laughs> I'm glad that you know Ben can say whatever he wants because now he's retired. I don't need to worry about his off-the-field drama or antics anymore. Cam setting the tone now before training camp even begins, a week before training, pe- training camp begins for that fact. It- it's what the team needs. Yeah, definitely, and that's why Cam is the far and away captain as far as I'm concerned when it comes to this this new regime of the Steelers as Ben Roethlisberger has stepped away from the team. So, and, and I don't know how many guys on the team actually care, but I'm glad that Cam is now just saying, shut up. This is the team view. We don't care. We just want to win. Who cares? And that's the same view that I have is who cares? No one... Uh, people will forget about this whole thing come week one when you know the Steelers are at Cincinnati or the second uh, game of the year when the Steelers open up at home against the New England Patriots at Acroshore Stadium. I mean, no one's going to ever remember that. And also, all these answers are just going to call it Heinz Field anyway. So what's the big deal? You just don't see. You a were never going to call it bottles. anything else, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, well, the Steelers used to have their training camps for the past couple years at the venue formerly known as Heinz Field, but they will not be doing that. They are back at St. Vincent's starting next week. Uh, one of the most uh, historic traditions when it comes to teams in the NFL and where they have their training camp. So a lot to look forward to as they head back up to Latrobe. I know all the media members are excited to get to Sharkies again for the nightcaps. That's the biggest part of their training camp experience, but it's it's a weird dynamic up at St. Vincent's. Because I think you can tell pretty much that the players do not like it. I mean, they huh. don't want to be there. They don't want to be living in dorm rooms. You've They're... been there before, right? Once before? 
I didn't stay overnight, but I've but been you, up. You were I've been doing up and the shows, down, and we'll yeah. be up and down there every once in a while over the next couple weeks. And I mean, as far as like the facilities on the field are concerned, I mean, they got football fields, and the balls weigh right. the same as they, they have just as much air in them as they do if you were practicing at Akershire Stadium. So I mean, <laughs> it, 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 it's. It's not like they're at a disadvantage training wise, but you gotta live in a dorm room. You gotta have a roommate for the most part. You know your food's in this little cafeteria uh, that is cooked. I don't know if they're cooked by the nuns anymore, but we all know our old friend Craig Wolfley used to say the nuns used to just burn some toast and throw it on your plate <laughs> with some gruel and have eat. It, it's a tough uphill slog for a couple weeks, and you know I get why the Steelers still like to do this. Uh, apart from a incredibly lucrative and great relationship they have with St. Vincent's. There still has to be some element of team building when it comes to a team sport, even though I think in 2022 sports have become more about the individual than ever before, really. But when you get a bunch of millionaires who are used to living in, you know, fancy hotels, five-star stays, uh, five-star chefs doing their diets, stuff like that. Right. I think it's good to kind of bring them back down to earth for a couple weeks and, and try to just re refocus them on hey you know fun off season in Maui for a couple months oh you were out in Malibu for for a month just partying and hanging out and it was a lot of fun but we got to reset the focus to football now and I don't want any rich distractions I don't want any you know uh, amazing experiences off campus because we're we're like the Cowboys do they go to like L A or something like that I don't want any of that we're gonna go into this middle of nowhere college. You're going to rough it for a couple weeks, and that's going to bring us together. It's going to bring us closer as a team. It's going to refocus us on we're here to play football, not here to be celebrities. Yeah, I mean, you and I were there last year when when training camp was just held at Heinz yeah. Field, and it just didn't seem like that normal atmosphere that you, the camaraderie of it, where you really get the chance. I'd say, especially to with bond. the fans too, because like you know, the fans like line up at St. Vincent's, and the players like walk down the fans, and, and there's so many, them. there's so many more yeah. chances for fans to a attend and b interact with the players at St. Vincent. And you see so much more, you hear so much more. I mean, instead of having to sit in the stands like they were at Heinz Field, right, you're exactly. just roped off on the sidelines. You can be nearly as close as as humanly possible. As, at St. Vincent's. And like you said, open to the public all. Mm-hmm. Any practice, except for maybe a couple, are open to the public when it comes to St. But not Vincent. only that, I mean, when we were there, we saw there was only, not only were they just allowing fans to sit in the stands at Heinz Field, it was just on the east end of the stadium. Right, you're right. It wasn't, you could sit anywhere you wanted, as high or low or whichever corner there or whichever side. spots, yeah. There was just a couple of sections of seats of which you could attend, which A, not great because that means you can only see it from one perspective. B, that obviously limits the amount of people they can allow to, to attend. Whereas St. Vincent's, it's a full 360. And as you said, you can get as close. You're not sitting up and away from the team. There is just a, a, a thin string of rope between you and the coaches and players. And that's it. Yeah. And I'm excited next Tuesday doing a show, see who shows up with what. You know, everybody likes to make their impression when they show up to me. Vince Williams showed up as Stone Cold Steve Austin, I think, a couple of years ago. It's just fun to see them dress up and do the, the fun things as they enter in for move-in day. So it's a it's a fun Absolutely. atmosphere. It's definitely something that gets the fans going. And, you know, it's as much as the players hate it because they have to sleep in dorm rooms with roommates again, I'm sure that if you gave them a little bit of truth serum, they would say there are some definite silver linings. Sure. I mean, it kind of takes them back to college days, right? Right. Where 
they're no longer just going home to their families or going home to maybe their their one bedroom or whatever apartments where they're just going home by themselves. They are going back to a college dorm room. They they are not going to be with anybody else except for each other for the next three weeks. Whereas if you were to do it at Heinz Field or Akershire Stadium, you're only going to be spending a handful of hours with these guys per day. And then majority of the time, you're just back yep. at your own place doing whatever the hell you want to do. Yep. You break from the camp session of the day and it's back to your suburban home or it's back to whatever loft you've rented downtown. And you're right. You, you don't have that you know bonding experience where... You know, you're just laying up at night in your dorm room. A couple of guys are hanging out. You're playing video games. You're playing Madden in the dorm room. Stuff like that. So there's definitely some advantages to it, despite the players not necessarily voicing their opinion for how much they love it. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Taking a look at the actual team, though, before we get into some specific stuff on the offensive side of the ball to keep an eye on once camp gets going next week, looking at it from a bird's eye view, are the Steelers really one of the most, if not the most, intriguing teams in the NFL this entire preseason? Because I think they're right up there. You know, just naturally, you're going to be when you were the team that took the first quarterback mm-hmm. off the board in the first round of the NFL draft. Only number, only quarterback taken in the first round this year was Kenny Pickett with the Steelers pick. So. I think you're naturally going to be right there. But just on top of the fact that there's a position battle between Trubisky and Pickett, there's Ben Roethlisberger leaving, and now there's a big hole at the most important position that hasn't been there for two decades. You go up to St. Vincent's every year, you know who the starting quarterback is going to be. That's not the case in 2022. So I think that there's some other teams out there that you can, and I'm sure we'll go over them, that you can throw out there as suggestions for, you know, Teams that not just yeah. their local media will be looking at, but the national media will be intrigued by. But I think the Steelers are right at the top of that list for the first time in a while where you know preseason games matter a lot more than I can remember in the past. Yeah, this is a team who, no matter what, right, whether you're at the beginning, middle, or end stage of Ben Roethlisberger's career, or even before it, or in the 80s, when there was really nothing to be super proud of for the, the team's accomplishments, this team is always going to be at the forefront of the NFL in terms of coverage, just at a baseline because of the following, because of the history of the logo. But I agree with you, Tom. I think this year specifically, for for multiple reasons, not just because of of the new quarterback era, but you now have a new GM. You now have a much more difficult, not only division, but conference to play in. And you are no longer that top team with who who can say, oh, well, we have our quarterback, so we know at the minimum we're going to win 10 games. Now it's everybody else. So now in a, in, a, in a weird 
backwards kind of way. All eyes are on you because people are going to wonder, are going to wonder how are you going to, how well are you going to perform in your first year without a quarterback that you have drafted, groomed, and established as one of the top tier guys in the league. So without question, I mean, this team is always going to be in everybody's rearview mirror. Or I guess that's maybe not the right word to use, but not. on the radar. <laughs> on the radar. On the radar. Yes. But now, a- absolutely, I think it's it's elevated this year. Yeah, that that also helps the fact that you know the Steelers are the Steelers. Uh, they lead first take probably more than any other team in the NFL that aren't named the Dallas Cowboys in the morning. You know, they're premier. Something happens with the Steelers, they're a block every time. That's that's a team that moves the needle. So you throw in a quarterback battle, and who's going to replace Ben Roethlisberger into that pot? Yeah, it's going to explode, obviously. So there's going to be a lot of eyes on Latrobe this year, not just Pittsburgh eyes. Uh, nationally, people are going to be very interested in what comes out of St. Vincent's um, for training camp. Some other teams that I've seen thrown out there as far as very intriguing, people say the Denver Broncos, but I kind of don't agree with that. Yeah, it's intriguing because Russell Wilson's there now and whole new look, whole new vibe because of that, but we know what Russell Wilson's going to bring to the table mainly, and mm-hmm. we know that there's no controversy as far as who's going to start at that quarterback. It's going to be number three week one, barring injury. So I, I get people saying, oh, it's very intriguing. Is Denver going to turn the page? They now have another franchise quarterback in the helm, first one they've had since Peyton was there. But I don't know. We kind of know what we got in Russell Wilson, and I think that holds it back. The only other team that I've seen that I think is maybe a little more intriguing is Cleveland just because they move on from Baker Mayfield just a couple weeks ago. We still don't know what's going to go on with Deshaun Watson, but we are marching towards teams moving in. I mean, for God's sakes, rookies are moving in today, yesterday. There's, I think, 10 teams total have had their rookies move in and start training camp so far. So right. we are marching towards this season starting, and we have not heard a thing about Deshaun Watson. So I have to assume that when training camp opens, he will be out there taking first-team reps until the NFL tells him he can't. And that just automatically shoots you right to the top of the list of intrigue as far as I'm concerned. Because everybody's going to be watching TV, NFL Network, there's Deshaun Watson, number four, taking reps with the first team. And we're all going to be going, how is this happening? How is this possible? It's going to feel like some weird, bizarre world. So that's the one team that I've seen a lot of people talk about for intrigue that I I I agree with is right up there. I think all four teams in this division have... You think the Bengals do? I, I think it's nearly impossible to not. If you go to the Super Bowl in the second year with your rookie quarterback who was taken number one overall, the Ravens should just not do training camp or preseason games, right? Or put Avoid everybody in bubble any wrap. chance of injury whatsoever, <laughs> because you are you know how many guys you lost last Hopefully year. Hopefully, they replace that field. Whatever was going on with all the M-E-C-A? ACL, t- yeah. no, I don't know where they do their training camp, but oh, every time they did, right. the, they kept tearing their ACL in practice. Right, like it was the craziest thing. So hopefully, they got some new groundskeepers in there. But right, yeah, Baltimore fans have got to be holding their breath a lot through training camp. This I year. think. Think, yeah. See, that's the thing, Thomas. I think you can make the case for all four and if all four teams in the AFC North division about what why they should be the most intriguing team in training camp. The Steelers for their quarterback reasons, the Browns for theirs, the Bengals to see if they can see recreate, if it was real or not. Right. If if it's just a one and done thing or if there will be a Super Bowl hangover, and for Baltimore to get back up with these three other teams. I, I honestly think, Tom. The argument can be made for any of these four teams as to the intrigue surrounding them, which is the which deserves the most hype around. It, it is important to remember too that 
Some storylines that emerge from training camp don't necessarily come to fruition in the regular season. Think back to the Bengals training camp last year. Remember how Joe Burrow was said to look very poor, looked like he couldn't do much. Jamar Chase couldn't Remember, catch anything. He couldn't catch a he single the, ball the, the, the white stripes on the ball in college helped me, and now they're not there, so it's harder to pick it up. Uh, that did not come to pass when the regular not season at all. happened, no. Jamar Chase, I think the Madden ratings came out, and yeah, he's already did. in the top 10. We're going to talk about that. I don't think he, he's not in the top oh, 10. Oh, really? Yeah, they left him off, wow. which was a big snub, and he was not happy about that either. We'll talk about that in a later episode. But, yeah, I agree with you. The AFC North has a ton of intrigue, not just in training camp. It's one of the more intriguing divisions in all of football. AFC North, AFC West, pretty much top two dogs as far as I'm concerned, as far as divisions that are going to have most of the country enthralled throughout the entire season. It's wide open races in all of them AFC West more so than the AFC North of course but the Steelers intrigue definitely starts with that quarterback battle can Kenny Pickett actually take over that number one spot or at least how long will it take for him to supplant Mason Rudolph now I might have been out of the loop because I've been out on vacation for the past week and a half but uh, ESPN.com has Kenny Pickett up at the number two spot in their depth chart ahead of Mason Rudolph I think that's just them doing their ESPN predicting thing. Yeah, uh, That depth chart is not official. The Steelers' website makes it known that they will release the Steelers' depth chart around the first week of training camp, their As first they usually official do. training yeah. uh, depth chart. Um, but I think I agree with ESPN's prediction here because I think when they do release that first official one, it will be Kenny Pickett at number two. And then you work your way through most of camp and all of the preseason games with him as number two and Mitch as your number one. Maybe he takes over for Mitch, but I think at the very least... He's got to jump in front of Mason and, you know, no disrespect to Mason. This isn't personal at all. It's just, you know, this is a very crowded quarterback room and you're clearly the odd man out to me. I think this is ESPN maybe saying enough is enough. We're not buying we know, the Steelers. We know the Steelers are just doing their Steelers kind of thing. We need to be credible here as a source and no one's going to, obviously they have billions of other things to cite them from, but if you want... ESPN is your Steelers source. They need to be on top of things. Let's stop kidding ourselves here. We know Kenny is number two. We know Mason is number three. I don't really have a problem with it because, as you just stated, Tom, that's our expectation. Mitch will be number one. Kenny will be number two. Mason will be number three. Yeah, and I just feel like with so few reps to go around, even for you know just one quarterback who you're trying to work into a new system – say it's just hypothetically Mitch Trubisky is the runaway starter, you're still trying to bring him up to speed with a completely new offense, with completely new pieces to that offense because, you know, he's just signed as a free agent in this offseason. So he's got a lot of stuff that he's got to work on. And then you throw in another quarterback who's a rookie that's in the same boat but kind of in deeper waters than Mitch is because Mitch has at least done it in the NFL before, made the NFL playoffs before with a team, led a team to a division championship. So... He's at least been there, done that a little bit. With Kenny, he's got to learn this whole new system and also learn a whole new style of play because the NFL is such a big leap from college. I don't think you can mess around with three guys thrown into that mix, even if it is for just, say, that first you know Wednesday, Thursday, Friday stretch of training camp when they first open. You just go, okay, all three have an equal spot, and then we get to the first weekend and we decide to cut one of them down. Like I don't even think you have the ability to afford that. I, I think you have to... Know who's going to be your one and your two if you're going to have a legit position battle. And honestly, by the end of the first week, week and a half, you need to kind of have an idea who's going to be number one. And you got to start leaning more of the first team snaps, first team reps with him because, 
again, it's not like Mitch has been here for a couple years and you can just be like, well, Mitch knows the offense. Mm-hmm. He knows the pieces of the offense really well. Let's let's give Kenny some extra run here just to see what he looks like. We we were confident in Mitch. That's not the case. You need to see just as much out of Mitch with those first team guys as you do out of Kenny. And that's why I just can't mess around with three guys thrown into that mix because I think it's stretching yourself a little thin even to do it with just the two guys that you're planning on doing it with. Yeah, I think there probably will be at some point a team that loses a quarterback. And that always happens inevitably. Mason's number probably will be called, or sorry, the Steelers' number will be called with intrigue about Mason. I think there's no reason to part ways with Mason Rudolph until that moment comes. Yeah, I don't think so either. And even so, if that doesn't happen, yeah, you hold on to him so that you can get a team to be desperate because that's the only time I think you get value. But not only that, it's it's for that and the fact that you have three guys. Sure, two of them stand above the third. But there's no reason to just say, well, we have two. Let's throw one out there. Oh, he's hurt. Let's throw the second one out there. And in some horribly bad luck fashion, he one also gets, gets hurt. hurt. Yeah. And then you've already gotten rid of Mason way earlier than you needed to. Then you got to go back to that free agency market and try and to find some other. Then you're back in like Duck Hodges territory. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. But you're back in the, the dumpster diving for sure. And you're going to get somebody that's not going to win you many football no. games. Maybe you get a name. But that's all it's going to be is just a name. Like A.J. McCarron would be your guy now or somebody right. like that. Uh, it doesn't have to be as morbid as an injury, though. It could just come down to the fact that, you know, say I'm just going to pick a random team out of the air. The New York Giants don't like what they see out of their backup quarterback in the preseason games that he's played in. Daniel Jones is our starter, but, man, if he goes down or if he starts to struggle, then we they've have got no, no one. one. Uh, Mason Rudolph's been a backup that started over 10 games in his NFL career. Let's give the Steelers a call. We've got a sixth-round pick. We've got a seventh-round pick that we can throw their way. I think that that is also a path that could happen where Mason ends up being on the Steelers for most of the preseason, and then a team says, man, we have a more than any. There's always a drop-off between the starter and the backup for the most part in the NFL, but more than anything, we're jumping off a cliff here. This backup is not ready to play if our starter goes down. Mason Rudolph at least has the track record to do that. Let's give the Steelers a call. So, yeah, holding on to him is definitely a smart move because it protects yourself in case there's a God forbid injury to Mitch or Kenny. And then all of a sudden, okay, Mason, you're the backup or you're competing for the starting job with Kenny or something like that. So smart that aspect. And then I think the only way that you really even get a sixth, seventh round pick, which is the probably the sixth round pick is probably the highest I could see getting traded for, for Mason. Only way you're going to do that is with teams getting desperate based on injury or poor play from their quarterback. So I agree with you that the move was definitely to hold on to him right now Mm -hmm. and don't do anything rash. Don't trade him early. Uh, Go into camp with three pretty solid quarterbacks in your quarterback room. And really one of the best quarterback rooms from one to three when you think about it. I mean... Of course, there's, one to a ton, two. there's a ton out there that have number ones that are just right. monumentally better. But how many people have a number three that are as good as Mason or Kenny? I mean, I don't think there's a team out there who has a better one, two. Maybe only the Niners and Jimmy G and Trey Lance. But we know Jimmy G probably won't be around won't for much longer. There. And the fact, adding on to that, not only just one and two, but a third guy also. Who, on a lot of teams, Tom, could be number two. If not, if they get desperate, could be number one. No, absolutely, absolutely, and you know we're kind of running up against it here. Talked a lot about the quarterback. There's some other offensive things that I want to talk about, uh, so we'll definitely have to push that to the next episode. But you know, keeping with these quarterbacks, Matt Canada's talked about them all. 
Uh, he said he's really enjoyed Mitch as a guy. He's a real good moxie about him. He's fun to be around. I think he's done a great job getting to know the players and kind of putting his own leadership style out there. But then he went on to say that all three guys have really done that. They've, uh, they're different players, but they're also different people and different types of leaders. And it's been enjoyable for him to watch that. And that's only going to get, you know, ratcheted up now as the training camp environment comes in, you know, yeah, they've been checking all the boxes as far as Canada's concerned when they are, you know, the gym class all-stars and their shorts and t-shirts out there throwing passes. But I-, I know you can't touch the quarterback, but when the offensive line and the defensive line are in pads and the corners are checking your wide receivers at the line of scrimmage and things are getting a lot of f- more physical in front of you, it's going to be a lot more hectic. So it's going to be interesting to see mm-hmm. what they observe out of all these guys once, you know, the live bullets start to fly at camp and, you know, another thing that's pretty impressive to me, at least with Trubisky, is he keeps saying that he's going to work with his fellow quarterbacks and not work against them. Um, you know, he talked openly after one of the spring sessions uh, of minicamp that saying that Pickett's growing and he's getting better any day and any pointers I can give him about the offense, whether it's two minute situation, uh, anything like that, he'll continue to build and learn and get better. And I love the fact that. You know, we have a guy in Mitch who had a, call it a rehab year in Buffalo. Yeah. Sat behind Josh Allen, maybe the best quarterback in the NFL, my favorite to win the MVP. I think the league's favorite to win the MVP this year. Sure. Uh, learned from him. Learned uh, with Brian Dable, who's now the head coach of the New York Giants, really good offensive coordinator in Buffalo last year. So got to sit back and really, you know, take a a, a good you know, gauge of how to play in the NFL after having a good run at it in Chicago and then, you know, trying to get himself back uh, on the horse again. And now he comes here to Pittsburgh. He signed basically the first day of free agency, one of the first quarterbacks, the first quarterback in free agency that was was snatched up. Right. Um, pretty much expecting to be the starter. Okay, I did my rehab in Buffalo. Now I'm here. I'm the starter. Draft night comes around. Number 20 overall. Oh, my God, they take a quarterback what's the deal here? I thought that this was now my time to shine. Could see him being very bitter. Could see him being like, is this ever going to work out for me? It didn't work out in Chicago. I go to Buffalo to try to write myself. I get to Pittsburgh, two-year deal. I'm the guy. They drafted a rookie. The first quarterback taken off the board in the NFL draft. Like, What's the deal here? Is my career just, you know, am I cursed here? Is it just that I can't finally get the break that I need after Chicago? But he's not like that at all. He's looking at it very glass half full. But I also got to be honest with you, these quotes from a guy like that saying, I'm happy to help him learn, I'm happy to give him pointers every once in a while, strikes me as a guy who thinks he's better and thinks he's going to be the number one guy. If he thought there was legitimate threat there, I don't know if he would be as open. Maybe he would be. Maybe he's just that type of guy. And I'm not saying he would work to destroy Pickett. Right, he wouldn't, he wouldn't derail his But the career. fact that he's like, yeah, I love him. He's growing every day. I love helping him come along. I love helping him get acclimated to the NFL. It kind of seems like reading between the lines that he thinks in the back of his head. I see what's going on here. Pickett's mm-hmm. got a lot of potential, but is not going to be realizing that potential, at least to the start of this season. Do you think it's also something along the lines of they sign him to a two-year deal, and Ken- <clears throat> excuse me, Kenny is here as a rookie on his rookie contract. This is something that I've brought up a couple of times. It seems that Mitch Trubisky might have to wait until his fourth NFL team to really find a home. Do you think... He recognizes that, saying, maybe right now I'm better than Kenny and I can be the starter over Kenny, but I know how this league works. They're going to want to—they drafted him in the first round for a reason. 
if I don't shape up to be a top 10 quarterback in this league and, and Kenny starts to grow more and more with training camp over two years, that he can, he's just able to recognize, yeah, I get it. I'm here on a two-year deal, and that'll be my time here in Pittsburgh. I, I can, I'll try my best to do my best here, but I, I feel like they drafted a quarterback, uh, what, a month after they picked me up? Yep. I think that he's definitely looking in the barrel of, am I a starter or am I a backup in this league? This isn't a matter of a, he'll be out of the league because he's got no, too much talent. I, he's and too I young. It, but I don't think it has anything to do with him being a backup. I, I really believe he won't find his permanent home, at least the best chance for him to have a permanent home until his fourth team. Unless he lights it up. Unless he, yeah. like, what if, but then, but what then if he goes then, off, what if they start 6-0? and Like, you know what I mean? Like, Well, that's fine. I've just been after the two years. Again, though, if they're good yeah. those two years, then the Steelers have the upper hand of having them in-house. And then you have all the people who were so anti-Kenny with that first-round pick saying, I told you so. I told. I mean, what was the point there? You could have waited until the third round, which was when the first quarterback was taken. You didn't have to waste a first-round pick on this guy. Yeah, but then I would counter those people and say, why are you complaining? You found a franchise quarterback anyway. It's the hardest thing to do in NFL is find a franchise guy. You found one. Steelers have two bullets in their chamber that they're right. trying to shoot at the board to find it now. That's a lot more than a lot of teams do. A lot of teams just draft a guy and hope that he's the guy. They a lot, a of, a lot of teams have essentially zero. Like you said, like New York Giants have Daniel Jones. They thought he was going to be the guy. Clearly wasn't. They would have loved to have a Mitch Trubisky in the wings probably just right. to help ease in a guy like Daniel Jones or you know, be the guy that oh, yeah. can take over for him when they realize this guy isn't very good at for football. For sure there are teams like that. There are teams probably like uh, – I was going to say Washington, but they, they just picked up Carson Wentz, but – there are teams like Washington and Pittsburgh who had a quarterback, or maybe not so much Washington, but who desperately needed a quarterback and are probably kicking themselves saying, why did we let the Steelers get the first jump on Mitch rather than us? We don't even know if we Especially trust our guy. Mitch is cheaper than those other guys. Yeah. The, you trade for Matt Ryan, you get Carson Wentz. I mean, it, it, he, he was just a much cheaper option than both of those guys. And honestly... You know, Matt Ryan, aside former MVP, I think he's still got a little bit left in the tank. He's very old, though. I I wouldn't be surprised if Mitch is better this year than Carson Wentz. Like I don't Not think that that's off the table. I don't think that's off the table. And honestly, Tom, just because of the age thing, he might be better than Matt Ryan. He may he might be better than Matt Ryan. I don't Ooh. know if I'd be ready to predict that though. Because I think Matt's going to have a little bit of a. He's got a good team around. Yes, him. he does. He's got a, not just on offense, an overall team. And I know he can think the game better than Mitch at the very least. He's, yeah, I mean he's done it for a lot longer, and he's. MVP, he's he's so. won a team, yeah, league MVP, yeah. Uh, as you can imagine, the quarterback talk pretty much dominated that entire episode as it's going to throughout this entire training camp process. Like I said, that's where all the intrigue is, not just in Pittsburgh, but around the entire NFL nationally, people looking at Latrobe and, and looking at Steelers camp and saying, who is going to be that starting quarterback week one at Cincinnati? Who's going to be the guy that takes the starters quarterback snap for the first time in two decades after Ben Roethlisberger has hung it up? So... Talking a ton of quarterback, I'm sure, as we march along here in the next couple of weeks and march towards that first preseason game for the Steelers. But there's other offensive storylines that we got to take a look at and look at the defensive side of the ball as well. So we'll do all that in our next episode. For Jacob Recht, I'm Tom Offerman, and this has been the Steelers Standard. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. 
Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.